0: Welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast. Rapid Atline Media Analyzer speeds process development by eliminating analytics bottleneck. I'm Brandy Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish. Joining me today is Dr. Glenn Harris, director of integrated life sciences platforms at 908 Devices. Dr. Harris is leading the life science division's commercial strategy, collaborations, corporate partnerships, and product development. He holds both a BA and BS from the University of South Florida and earned his PhD from the Georgia Institute of Technology. I'd like to start today by asking if you could explain the benefits of rapid media analysis and then also common pain points that you find in that process.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Probably one of the biggest pain points is that slow analytics turnaround time. A lot of spent media analysis requires samples to be labeled and sent out to uh, an external lab or core lab. And that adds a lot of logistics and a tracking burden for laboratories on both ends, Um, those generating the samples, but also those receiving them and running them. Additionally, there's a variety of technology platforms that are required to run that sample. Each one of those platforms and analyzers has their own separate sample prep protocol. And associated with that also is just the difference in sample volumes and numbers. Recently, with the advent of microbioreactor systems like AMBERS or larger facilities holding more benchtop bioreactors and shake flasks, you know labs can contend with not only a, a large number of samples, that they want to be run in a timely fashion but also the sample volumes. With microbioreactors and shake flasks, you're really limited on the working volume that you can pull out every day to run analytics on. So all of those are the real pain points associated with spent media analysis. But if you can do it every day or even more frequently, depending on your process, you get very rapid data day-to-day or hour-to-hour as to the metabolic profile and media profile of your culture. What that allows you to do is change things on the fly. If you have that opportunity, uh, you can optimize your processes faster. And if you're getting that data in real time, uh, you don't have to wait days to weeks to get that data from that core lab. So you can really accelerate your process development times, make the right decisions in a timely fashion.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And that data is, you're right, is so critical. And and the more timely it is, the better it can be utilized. Uh, to that point, uh, in September, you launched the Rebel Analyzer to address the challenges that you just mentioned. And I was hoping that you would be able to tell us uh, what led your company to develop the Rebel and then also what key features were important to include as you went about designing the product.
1: For about two years before we even decided to build the system, uh, we spent a lot of time talking with our current customers, uh, especially in the biopharma space, getting into the lab with them, seeing and experiencing the good and the bad of their day-to-day work in the lab. After doing that for for quite a period of time with, with a lot of great collaborators, we identified a huge bottleneck from process development. Going back to that first question, just the amount of samples that are being generated in PD and the bottleneck of you know the core labs being inundated with them and not being able to turn around assays quickly. This all stems from uh, very aggressive schedules and timelines uh, for various research projects, um, the logistics burden of sending things in and out, and also just handling the data. So once you've run all of these samples oftentimes you are left with mountains of data in proprietary data formats and so the bioprocess engineers really struggled with how to process all of that uh, information taking that knowledge we decided to design the system for where it needs to be and that's you know alongside bioreactors in the process development lab we noticed that other analyzers and instruments in that lab had been adapted from the clinical space And so they were more or less another gray box in the corner of the lab. And by speaking with users, we learned that they wanted a more functional form factor that fit their workflows. And we applied our super simple philosophy of design to the Rebel. And that really is, you know, seen in that the Rebel has no computer off to the side of it that's needed to control it. The computer, the monitor, all the interface is on the system itself on a very large tablet. Um, There's no waste or solvents alongside the system. Everything is inside of the enclosure. uh, And that frees up valuable benchtop space to put another bioreactor or another analyzer next to it. There's no special power requirement. We actually went to about a dozen labs and measured shelf heights to make sure that you know it could fit under a variety of different shelves in, in PD Labs. It could be placed on a cart and moved around, and that the user interface is extremely intuitive. So it functions more of like, like a phone application with alerts and notifications that are very simple to address. On the workflow side of things, you know, we really focused on uh, having a protocol that required no extensive sample prep or derivatization. The data and the usability of the system has no proprietary data format, its network connectivity, and it also has 21 CFR Part 11 compliance out of the box.
0: It really sounds as though you spent a lot of time really fine tuning this equipment for this specific purpose. And I was hoping you could elaborate a bit on how the rebel can specifically speed process development efforts, because I think that that's a real key area uh, that people are looking at as we look at things like speed to market and how to be most efficient as possible in the lab.
1: Yeah, we really focus on making sure that where the samples are originating, we're running that analysis at line anytime a user wants to run them. Again, eliminating that need to package samples, label them, and send them out of the lab. So with that, you know it's not only having the system next to the bioreactors where the samples are originating, but um, the sample prep had to be super simple on this. So there's no labeling at all. It's 100% label-free technology. Then once samples are put into the system with either vials or well plates, the data that you get back is not proprietary. It's just a CSV file or a PDF file and the results are unambiguous just of what was detected in a concentration. You can export that directly uh, onto an external drive that's connected to the system via USB. Or you know if you have it mapped out onto your network, you can have your data files as they are being generated uh, sent to a network drive um, that you can then access uh, at your Uh, office, at home, or if there's another group or a piece of software like a LIMS system uh, pooling that data, um, it's easy retrieval.
0: That's great. And one of the things I know that uh, our listeners are a lot of times really interested in is uh, how it looks in their own uh, workflow and how would they implement this. So I wanted to ask specifically, how would users implement the Rebel in their labs? And then Also, is there any specific training that would be needed uh, to run the REBEL?
1: The REBEL sits alongside your bioreactors or microbioreactors. Uh, Every time a sample is pulled, you can bring some over to the REBEL and run it. Training is very short. It's typically less than a half of a day. Having said that, we've trained any groups from two people to 20 researchers in a day uh, on everything that they need to know to run the REBEL. And approximately 90% of that training time is hands-on. It's not at a computer looking at slides or in a classroom reviewing material. We really focus on getting hands on the system and learning how to run it. After we leave, we have a dedicated support team of engineers and scientists and data science gurus to answer any follow-up questions in a timely fashion.
0: Another question along those lines, could you describe the user experience? So what what would a user, how would a user go about using the Rebel?
1: I think if everyone could reach into their pocket and unlock their phone, you could run the Rebel. It's a very large screen, simple notifications, no keyboard off to the side. It's all touchscreen enabled, very limited external interfaces and maintenance. You know, frankly, the routine maintenance is emptying the waste bottle on the inside of the system when it fills up. Ultimately, the science that's being run in the PD lab is hard enough. So we really focused on making the interactions and the usability of the Rebel a breeze.
0: I think that's so key because I think a lot of times, you know, new technology can be intimidating. And when you have something that's easy to use and the interface is so intuitive, it just makes the implementation is so much more straightforward and it puts everyone at ease that is going to be using it. So I think that's really important. Uh, To switch gears a little bit, I wanted to ask about the Rebel being used in cell and gene therapy applications because we have a lot of listeners that are interested in that area as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have users today in the cell and gene therapy space using the Rebel to optimize their media just as groups do with Show, cell line, and fermentation processes. Uh, they're looking at the same types of end goals, you know, ensuring reproducible processes, increasing the quality of their products, increasing the quality of the media that they're getting from outside vendors or even internally made media. Ultimately, our users in the cell and gene therapy space have told us that they look at the biologics community and what they have unraveled and discovered over the last decade or two, about the importance of using high quality media to ensure consistent processes. And so they are taking everything that has been learned in the biologic space and applying it to their own cell and gene therapy products that they're manufacturing.
0: It's clear just from talking to you uh, how much time you spent thinking about what the end user's experience would be and also what they they need from, from this piece of equipment. Um, so it makes me curious, I'm wondering what the feedback has been like from your customers.
1: Yeah, so we've been very fortunate and have had uh, overwhelmingly positive responses so far. It's been great to see systems being used as intended uh, soon after we left the installations. That's the key thing, you could train a group of people to run it while you're there and think that they know everything and are confident when you leave but then they may not use the system for weeks. Uh, Luckily, um, that has not been the case with the Rebel. Not only are we getting constant feedback and praises from the system, it's good um, being the provider of the systems to see consumables being purchased. And that's a clear indication that teams that have Rebels are utilizing it and are expanding their uh, application space with it. Having said that, it's not just been one-sided. We are very proactive in reaching out to all of our users. Users have also been very responsive to our emails and checking calls. They love to share their internal uh, success stories, and they also love telling us that they're bragging to their colleagues in different parts of their organization about their early successes with the Rebels.
0: That's great to hear. Yeah, it's wonderful when they share information across multiple groups and and share their their success stories. So that's that must make you guys really, really happy. I wanted to ask also, because this is something that always comes up with new technology, um, have there been any challenges associated with the implementation of the Rebel? Two
1: come to mind right off the bat. You know, there's been a big push for pharma 4.0 and a lot of networking associated with that and smart devices and sharing data across organizations seamlessly. Having said that, there have been a lot of reluctance from IT departments during installation and resisting network-enabled devices into those labs. Luckily, researchers and engineers have been a great ally here. They've been in full support to get Rebels online in their labs because it's really critical for them to get access to their data as quickly as possible wherever they are. Another challenge has been that the the Rebel can output data too quickly. A lot of these groups are used to waiting on uh, three days, maybe five days, or longer turnaround time from their core lab to get SPET media analysis information. And now they're getting that same data in minutes. So it's surprised groups when they load a tray of samples overnight and they come in with 100 data files from an entire process. So we've been working with them on streamlined data analysis strategies to keep up with their ever-growing numbers of sample sets and
0: curiosities. That's great. That's a good problem to have. To have data too quickly <laughs> is better than to, to not have it or to have it too slowly, I think. So something that definitely has to be dealt with, but I think a, a good problem to have. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been really interesting. I think this is a really interesting piece of technology and really useful and, and helpful with workflows. And, and I was excited to learn about it. Um, but I'm, I wanted to just end by giving you a chance to add anything else for our listeners that we may have missed during our talk today.
1: Yeah. So I'd say you know collaborations are key, both public and private. One in particular that we have is with Sarah Harkins' group at Clemson University. They've been spectacular to work with for a couple of years now. We actually just published our first of hopefully many collaborative works together, looking at spent media analysis of a ammonia-stressed choke cultures grown in an amber 250 system. So I encourage listeners to go out and download that paper or reach out to Sarah directly um, if you want more information on that. We're also very involved with Nimble. I know a lot of listeners and their organizations to Cell Culture Dish are involved with Nimble, but we have a current project there looking at the future development of what a Rebel-like platform may look like to attack other application spaces in bioprocessing. And if anyone has any information, I'd encourage them just to reach out to me directly on LinkedIn or email or via our website for any more information.
0: That's great. And I'll make sure that I include the link to the paper that you mentioned in the show notes so that listeners can find that easily because I I read it as well. And it was a very good paper and really interesting. I think it'll be helpful for a lot of people. So I'll make sure that that's in there. Um, And thank you so much again for your time. It was really interesting and a great talk. and, And I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks, Brandy. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other stem cell and biomanufacturing related topics, please visit us at www.cellculturedish.com or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, www.downstreamcolumn.com.